You are in the trenches of life. You are faced with pressure every day. Family, work, community, all demanding a piece of life. Fatherhood is war, but you continually battle for your soul and the souls in your family. It can feel isolating and exhausting, but there is good news. You have a heavenly father. Because of Jesus, you can be strong, courageous. You can be an intentional father, living with purpose. This is what you are meant for. You will make an impact. You are not alone. Welcome to Dad in the Trenches, a resource for biblical truth, challenge, and encouragement for Christian dads in the trenches of life. Hello there. Welcome to Dad in the Trenches. My name is Aaron, and thanks for joining me here today. As always, if you're a frequent listener, welcome back. And my kudos to you for taking the time to listen and for your intentionality to put something in your fatherhood toolkit. If you haven't already, just a reminder, please do rate and review the podcast. It's very helpful, especially on Apple. You can simply go to the podcast profile, tap the stars to leave a star rating, uh, and also drop a comment on, on what you liked about today's episode or any past episode for that matter. If you are new to the podcast, welcome to you. I'm glad you're here. Dad in the Trenches is a resource for biblical truth, challenge, and encouragement for Christian dads in the trenches of life. And this podcast is an extension of that mission where I interview other Christian dads from all walks of life. I pray it blesses you, and thanks for tuning in. Before we get into today's podcast, I want to share uh, some context and an important aspect of life that we're going to touch on today. Um, as I was actually editing this podcast, I was sitting in a tea house early one morning, and sitting directly behind me was a young man and an older man, clearly a mentor, mentee, rendezvous of sorts. Uh, and as you can imagine, I, I couldn't help but eavesdrop <laughs> on their conversation a bit. Um, but what struck me as I listened in was that uh, the younger man needed the older man to draw him out. A uh, younger man was, you know, kind of keeping things a little surfacey, weather, sports, you know, he was touching on a few dad things of life. But the older man uh, started asking questions to draw him out to deeper waters. And while the younger man was hesitant at first, he, he did eventually go there. So I share that with you for two reasons, really. Um, one, for... For those of us and for you that are younger dads in the trenches, if you don't have an older man in your life you can learn from, be humble and vulnerable with, ask for advice, prayer, perspective from, you're really missing out. You need to find that man. Um, generally speaking, we as men need to overcome our flesh tendency, which is apathy and hiding due to fear. You know, we see this play out in Adam at the time of the fall. And we need another man to help draw us to a place of strength, to call us out on our BS and hiding and help us overcome our fear. To do what you can to find that relationship in your life. Um, you know, you can simply pray and ask the Holy Spirit for direction and to highlight that man for you. And the second thing uh, for today, today's guest um, has been a mentor of mine for over 10 years. 
He is dear to me and knows the good, the bad, and the ugly. Rock speaks from a perspective of years of life experience. As a husband, a father, an Air Force service member, a grandfather, a pastor, and, and a mentor. And he, he gives us just some simple yet powerful insights and tools for life as a follower of Jesus and as a father. So I hope the conversation blesses and encourages you as it does and has for me. Um, one note for you as a listener, uh, we do touch on a sensitive male adult topic in and out of the last half of the podcast. So if you're listening to this in the car or in the house, um, do be sensitive, be aware for little sensitive ears that may be listening in. Thanks again for tuning in. Now let's jump over to the conversation. Welcome back to Dad in the Trenches. Um, for those of you that maybe missed uh, the first podcast, I have Rock Bottomley here with us again today. Um, if you if you haven't listened already, I would recommend you go back, find the other podcast that we had uh, where Rock uh, was a guest, gave us some great stuff, just as Dad in the Trenches, some of his own story. Um, Rock has agreed to come back, and we uh, I'm so excited to have him. Uh, we're going to dive into some more just... Uh, aspects of life in the trenches yeah. and hear from someone who's been so much further ahead of us. Um, Rock is a friend. He's been a spiritual mentor of mine, a spiritual father of mine, um, has made a big impact in our family um, the last handful of years, decade plus since I've known him. So Rock, thanks for joining us again. Good to be back, Aaron. <laughs> Glad to be back with you. So last time when um, you were with us, you had uh, started talking and, and mentioned some things about just establishing routines yeah. um, as that being one of uh, a, a building block, a foundation of some things just in family life to get your kids just understanding your love for them, ultimately, you know, presence of father in the home, um, those kind of things. Talk to us a little bit more about routines and yeah. how, um, you know, through this different stages of a, yeah. a child's development, early years, early middle school, high school. Yeah. Talk to us about some of the routines um, that you had that you all as a family did, things that just established that for yeah. you all. Good, good. Okay, that's good. And I, first of all, it's a great question because, again, when you look at the deepest impact that we have, it's not the mountaintop pinnacle experiences, you know, the special trips uh, that make the deepest lasting impact. Mm. And, and I think that's important because often as men, we can get busy with our work, we get throw ourselves into our jobs, and we think, you know, once during the summer we'll take this unforgettable vacation and that will somehow compensate for mm. you know 50 weeks of right. neglect right and i don't say that meanly i'm just uh, i just know that's no, the that's the well temptation made, absolutely and the truth is it is the routines that make or break us if our routines are we have regular connection and things that just nourish and bring joy in life our kids remember our home life as a wonderful time. Yes. If the routine is absence or preoccupation, that's what they'll remember, mm. is that dad or mom were just gone and we were invisible. So routines are huge. Yeah. Um, so let me, I, I'll talk about this. First of all, there's one routine that Bev and I have as a couple that 
is kind of the roots out of which other routines grow. And that is about twice a year we try to get away. Mm. Call it getting God's direction. I know you and Kelly do this. We do, yes. We and, uh, do January getaways. Yes, yeah, that's it. We usually do this uh, once in August, right before the fall hits, because mm. fall there's kind of an avalanche of activities there, and we want to make sure we we decide what's most important. We protect that. So we get away in August and usually in January mm-hmm. for the spring. And we, we call this just getting God's direction. Really, we just get away. Sometimes it's half a day. Uh, sometimes it's a full day. But Bev and I will get away, and we have a little template that we use, uh, and we just think about our personal life, you know, physically, emotionally, spiritually. What are we going to do to keep ourselves healthy? That's where we... Anyway, decide, you know, how often we're going to exercise when we go to the doctor, the dentist, make sure that we're taking care of ourselves. And uh, what are we going to do to stay connected with God? And Mm. is there any emotional stuff going on us that we need to either get some prayer or get to a counselor to deal with? You know, Mm. I mean, it's it's personally. Then we look at our marriage, things like how are we doing as far as staying connected in communication, resolving conflict, date nights, romance, that kind of thing. Absolutely. And then we'll look at our kids. That's just where it kind of comes back to fathering. Yeah. Part of the template is looking at those kids. And that's where we together we decide, okay, what does each one need as far as from us? Hmm. And I'm just saying that because uh, most of the routines that we would have come up with came not just on the fly, but it came from having a time where we very intentionally get away and think, what do we need to do so that the routines of the culture don't bury the more important routines of our family. Absolutely. So That's a good time word. away with uh, just to decide what are we going to do. Yeah. Now, some of the things that would have come out of that, so as we talked about, and these really grew out of that times away uh, where we sat and said, gee, what do we need to do to parent these kids that God's given us? And so when the kids were young, I would say the routines, the, there's daily kind of stuff. Yeah. And that's what we might have talked about on the last podcast. Mm-hmm. But that is, it's the daily routines. And normally, I just find the best time for daily routines with young kids is not mealtime. You know, often you see this family around the wheel and dad's reading the Bible and they're praying. I just find <laughs> when we sit down to eat, kids want to eat. They don't want to. <laughs> that's not their time to have lessons they want to eat right and so and often spiritual stuff at mealtime is more burdensome than it is a joyful time so we always found that that's where the bedtime stuff mm. uh was important and again when kids were young that was my time bev was exhausted by the time i got to work sure. and so it was kind of a passing of the the football <laughs> the kids got past the dad and so you know now bev and i had a time we realized we needed our time, so after the dishes, we'd usually sit on the couch and I'd rub her feet, and we'd have that's our talk time. The mm-hmm. kids could play, but they couldn't interrupt there. Yeah. But bedtime was their time. Yeah. So that was it. Baths, brush teeth, get to bed, and and basically there it was. Uh, I just found they loved. You know, kids don't want to. They don't want to go to sleep, so bedtime is great. It's the one time they'll sit and listen because they anything to keep from the lights going out. Right. So you really you've got their attention. That's just that's a great time. So yes, you could read, you could pray, you could talk, you do whatever you want then because they don't want anything other than turning the lights out. So uh, we did try to do uh, a family night, and again mm-hmm. we try to keep that fun for young kids. Yeah. Uh, it was 
play and something fun that they would enjoy yeah. eating and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, How did things evolve for you as the kids got older? What things yep. did you keep and kind of shape right. and shift? Yeah. Especially kids when they were older, driving, you know, all that right. kind of yep. thing too. Yeah. When they're older in their teen years, uh, it's no longer daily, it's more weekly mm-hmm. because life gets busier, they get scattered. And that's, sure. uh, that's understandable. They're coming independent. So rather than oppress them and have force them into some, some awkward thing that really doesn't fit their age of life, we, we, the one thing we, we, our big routine when they were uh, teenagers, we'd have a family night. Mm-hmm. Usually it was Sunday night. Yeah. And again, we try to make it fun. There's something about if we're enjoying this, it communicates we love them and life with God is good. So yeah. that's where we would... Uh, uh, we, we'd use contemporary worship music that was they loved that and we back in those days put it on a CD or tape player and, <laughs> and we did we made it fun and dramatic we turned the lights out and lay on the floor you know yeah. in our big family room and we listened to worship music and and they enjoyed that and then we'd have pizza for dinner and then we because they enjoyed that and then we'd usually have some kind of a question we have a life question you know mm-hmm. what's going well what's hard um those kinds of things. What were you? Were you feeling fear? Now you're coping mm-hmm. with it. Uh, uh, what's you know? How? Who's your best friend? And why? The questions that would help give them an opportunity, invite sure. them to talk about their life. Yeah. And us to talk about ours. So they got to. We got to model openness and there where we go. were afraid. And, you know what was happy and what was hard for us. And yeah. That kind of thing. So we offered. Uh, got to model openness and honesty, and they did. So that was kind of our weekly yeah. um, kind of routine that we'd have That's with them as they were teenagers. That's great. So let's shift gears a little bit, too. So these are aspects of family routines, things, practical things to be doing. You know, as dad in the trenches, one of the things we talk a lot about is as, as the father goes, so goes the family. So yeah. there's an aspect of... Well, you know, one of the other things we also say is fatherhood is war. Yeah, it's there's an enemy that we have that's out to get us. We have our own flesh that we fight. We have our own sin and baggage. Uh, we have members of our family who also are sinners as well. So yeah. there's a lot of dynamics of we are fighting. We are in a battle, um, but the in, inward battle, the battle that we face as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned in the other podcast as well. You know, there's there's aspects of life that shape and changes that the Lord uses, uh, marriage, kids, work, those aspects God shapes us with. Talk to us a little bit just more about your own journey. How, how did f- the father use fatherhood mm. to shape and change you? What are some things, yeah. um, yeah. you know, personally that he did with you and, yeah. and things you could encourage us with yeah. as well? Yeah. First of all, I want to affirm what you said, Aaron. It's so important. I mean, it's a big Actually, it's a big relief once you understand this because it's what we all experience, and that is not only is fatherhood war, but life is war. Mm-hmm. You know, God, God has actually designed life. This period of our eternal life is a divinely arranged, ferocious battle. I mean, it is. That's what life <laughs> here, and it is. It is a. Uh, it's a. It's God arranged so that we will all have the opportunity to make heroic kind of battlefield heroic decisions Mm. to sacrifice, to give, to be patient, to forgive. And I just say that because I think we all dream and struggle to try to find a pain-free life. And 
and the truth is that it's just life is not designed to allow that. Yeah. And there'll always be something we're battling, whether it's right. our own health or some right. relationship, something at work, something at yeah. home. And I just say that so that we realize that these difficult times really are opportunities for us to display the things that are most precious to God. Mm. And these are the times that will be highly honored yeah. when, we, when life is up, you know, and we move from this age to the next age. Yeah. There is a looking back and an honoring. And so I just say that so we don't get discouraged by the hard times of realize, mm. hey, these are all divinely arranged things to, yeah. to allow us to display heroic yeah. faith, patience, forgiveness, kindness, giving, yeah. so forth. Amen. That's okay, now word. fathering is one of those. And uh, I think another thing I want to affirm, and that is there is no doubt that the most important thing a father can do is to walk with God. It is to model uh, a life of honor and, and greatness for their kid. I just say that because I think back on my own dad, and dad understood a lot of things. He told us a lot of things. He told us about honesty and about responsibility, about faithfulness and loyalty and healthy living. But honestly, he had a secret life behind that that was the opposite of all that. He drank heavily and mm. uh, and really, in many ways, you know, injured his health and and brought chaos. He was sexually immoral with my mother, and you know, and this comes out. I think I think we think that if you live a double life, you can keep it secret, but you can't keep it huh. secret. Sooner or later, your kids are going to know. Yeah. I mean, they they'll know the truth about your life. It'll come out, and all that comes out with time. Right. So my it's so important that dad realized, you know, the most important thing we can give to our kids is an example of a well-fought, heroic life. And because uh, they'll, they're going to learn the truth about us. And if, as they learn it, the truth about us will either disillusion and embitter them or it will inspire them mm. and make them want to fight through yeah. to the same end. So a few things real quick, uh, and I just mentioned, but one is just, just having a daily time with God. Hmm. You know, it sounds so simple, mm -hmm. but I just tell guys that's the taproot of the soul. Mm. Guys who mentored me early said, time with God is like braces on teeth. <laughs> you know, you put that in place to where you have a time where you let him, you create space for him to speak to you through his word, reading the Bible. And, uh, and you talk to him from your heart in prayer. It is like braces on teeth. You know, mm. Just get that in place. Keep it in place over time. It'll pull everything straight. <laughs> you know, your screwy doctrine, your screwy character, your, you know, your relational brokenness, it has a healing, straightening power. And I just say to guys, look, uh, keep time with God short and simple. I tell guys, look, 15 minutes. If you have a responsible job and you're doing what most adult men are doing, uh, if you try to take it too long, you'll never do it at all. So keep it short, 15 minutes, five minutes to read the Bible. And I encourage guys to read the scriptures. Don't read, 
This isn't devotionals or listening to Christian radio. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about getting into the Word of God so the Lord can speak to you yes. very personally. And then five minutes to pray, I take five minutes to write, so I'm listening for what God is saying to me. Not theological insights that I can teach, but what is God saying to me about my life? Mm-hmm. And then five minutes to pray. And uh, and it's amazing. You think, that's gee, that sounds so small. Well, it is, but you do that day after day, day after day, day after day. Mm-hmm. And God says that's how you get a big tree. You know, yeah. you, uh, you know, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And he should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, mm-hmm. brings forth his fruit in his season. Leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. God says, look, plant yourself next to me, uh, my word and talking to me, and I'll make you the tree with time. Anyway, that's so good. daily time with God is important. Yes, I, I think a second thing that's really important is your spiritual companionship. This is not church. This is not passing in the halls. This is not attending a large group. This is having a close companion uh, or a small group of companions. And usually mm-hmm. you get this in a small group, men's group, but it needs to be it needs to be vigorous. Uh, you need a group where you, where there's openness and transparency. You love each other. You care about each other, but you're open and honest with each other. And and you're and it's not just talking about football and gardens and grass and grandkids, but you're meeting together to work out spiritually. You're there to talk about life with God, uh-huh. and it, that can come with a person. It can come, you know, one on one, kind of a companion brother or a small group of men. But I just, and let me tell you, uh, that's so important. Um, I remember uh, as, a, as actually as an older man, as in my late 40s, early 50s, um, I, I began to see some pornography on TV. And it was, I've never smoked or drank or take drugs, but I've seen that. And I could feel the grip of that kind of dig its claws into my heart and soul. Mm. And... Uh, you know, you'd wake up and just want to get back and see more. And it was so shameful and so embarrassing and so guilt-producing. And, and it is. It's so destructive. And I, But then I had a group of men around me, and I can remember. And this was so crucial. I remember just telling them, going and saying, hey, guys, this is what happened. I saw this, and I find myself being pulled back. Right. And... Uh, so I need you guys, yeah, I need your help. I need you to pray for me that God would help me through this and break me free. I need you to ask me about how I'm doing. It's mm-hmm. kind of my, they were like a life preserver mm-hmm. in a stormy sea. You know, yes. I would have drowned could have if I hadn't had that. Yes. And so that's where I just find, you know, the Bible says two are better than one, for they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall... The one will help up his fellow, but woe to him that is alone when he falls, mm. for he has not another to help him up. That is a that is a that's huge. That's a huge, <laughs> loud, intense warning. Uh, woe to him that is alone when he falls, for he has not another to help him up. So I've just found those two things. For me, I'm just, you know, there's other obviously healthy things, but yes. as far as trying to keep my life so that it doesn't become an embarrassment and a stumbling stone and a source of bitterness and disillusionment to my kids. Yes. Uh, I just realize I've got, I want to walk with God so there's integrity mm-hmm. to my life and, and so that I finish well. And uh, those two things, daily time with God and 
close spiritual companionship mm-hmm. have uh, you know helped you know just keep me connected. That's good. That's really good. Um, as far as just thinking about your own um, your own fatherhood, your own victories as a dad, mm-hmm. um, and and how the Lord has used fatherhood to shape you. Yeah. And tell us a little bit more about um, some things as you just look back. These are the ways that uniquely the Lord used fatherhood for. Yeah. Y- you know, uh, if I can get right to the center of that, probably the biggest thing that God has done uh, is to help me to understand how much he loves me. Huh. You know, and, and I say that because that, that the understanding, getting the love of God for me, and I think, and this is true, I think, of all of us, um, when we understand God's love, it changes everything mm. in our relationship with Him. Mm-hmm. Before that, we're afraid of God. We're afraid that if we give Him our life, He'll somehow minimize it, suffocate it, make it smaller than if I could just get free from Him. You know, we see life of God as a corral. If I can just get outside of God, I can go, I can get out and live life to the full. And, and <laughs> You know, I mean, that's our thinking, right. and we kind of resent God because he's an unfortunate reality that you know, kind of limits our freedom. Hmm. Once we understand the love of God, that whole thing changes. Mm. And, uh, I mean, we want to be with God. We want to know yeah. as well. And uh, so I, I'm just thinking, you know, as I think back, one of the things that's really helped me break, you know, understand that is understanding he loves me like a father. Mm. And that's what fatherhood, I mean, that's why God, for most of us, wants us to get married, wants us to have children, so that we know what he feels like toward us, because we have that same feeling towards the kids that we mm. have. So I just think of my own kids, and you know, the way I love them, I delight in them. I think of the patience I have with them. I think of the way I'm willing to forgive them if they repent and come back you know your heart just melts you just hey forget the past let's go i mean that's what god (laughs) is with us when we turn yeah and generosity i mean i you know i just with one of my kids and he he, he's hurting his back because he has one of these uh you know push lawnmowers and the 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 thing that makes it go is broken so Uh. i just man i just I just wanted to pull out my wallet and give him money to go get one so he didn't have to sweat and push a lawnmower that doesn't have one of those self-propelled things right. on it. I mean, that's the way God is with us. So what has, has God done? Has, you know, fatherhood done for me? It's helped me understand the love of God. Yeah. I, I mentioned the struggle with pornography. And you know what really broke the back of that? You need things like limited, you know, break off the accessibility and have accountability with men and all that. But what sure. breaks the back is when you understand the love of God, and that grips your heart. And you just don't want to grieve him. And you don't want to grieve him even more than you want the pleasure of sin. And that's mm. what breaks the grip of sin. Mm. So the love of God is the key to living a life that honors him. And mm. and it's uh, and the thing that, for me, helped me get it was having kids. So fatherhood <laughs> has given me yes. life with God. Yeah. Um, you know, joy, I just joy right now. And I would say this, this is so important. Again, when you invest in your kids, now this isn't, you know, every kid is, has their own mind of their own. But normally when you invest well, you know, you provide the basics of, you know, teaching, you know, what we mentioned, you know, 
having fun with them so they enjoy life and and doing your best to give them direction to kind of help them sense what's good and right and gives life and teach them responsibility so that they can keep a job and prosper in the adult world and correct them so they don't self-destruct. I mean, when you give those things, um, uh, your kids wind up being a real joy mm. in their teen years. Really, our kids, honestly, there wasn't a lot of rebellion in the teen years. And they're, and in, as adults, they've just grown up to be people you just want to be with. Mm-hmm. And um, so they've given me great joy. So what are my kids, you know, help me understand the love of God, giving me great joy. Yeah. And I think the other thing that kids do, they just kind of break, you know, they break your your compulsive self-centeredness. You know, you just have to <laughs> learn to take care of them. And yeah. you, you learn as you do that giving really is more blessed than taking. Yeah. And uh, so anyway. That's good. That's good. I want to ask you, there's, there's a, you'll hear the term a lot. It's thrown around a lot, but being, you know, father is a spiritual leader. Of your um, Unpack that a little bit for us. Yeah. Um, spiritual leadership is basically four things. First thing it is, is modeling. And that's what we just got finished talking yeah. about. You know, be an example. Jesus said, follow my example. Paul said, follow my example. He says to El- Peter says to the elders, be an example. Mm. And, of course, that's, that is the first responsibility of spiritual leadership. Whatever it is you want your wife, your kids to become, you've got them all. If you want them to be patient, you want them to be responsible, you want them to be faithful and keep their word, you want them to be open and honest and transparent, you want them to be generous, you know, you want them to forgive each other, you want them to get along, you know, by giving way, mm-hmm. well, you model that. Yeah. You want them to connect with God. That's why time with God is important. If you want that to happen in your kid's life, you show them the way. So modeling is the first response, that uh, first and foremost. Yes. And uh, without that, nothing else really matters because pretty soon your cover gets blown, and and then your respect and your influence mm-hmm. goes. Yeah. If you lack the integrity of a yeah. good model. Um. You know, the second, I think, is, is to care for them. I mean, it is. It's, it is to pay attention. And I just think that's where, as dads, we, we, the tendency to say, look, I'm busy at work. I'm excelling as a professional. My headspace is full. So, wife, it's your job to kind of hmm. take care of them, watch them, keep an eye on them. I don't have time for that. And that's that's you can't do that as a leader. You've got to. That's why there does need to be enough presence so you can yeah. watch. And it's not and just provision. And you're yeah. talking heart care as well. Right. You yeah. don't have to do everything for them, but you have to know the state of your flock. Yeah. You know, you're that's the good. shepherd. You've got to know who's who's physically, emotionally, spiritually, mm-hmm. morally, you know, healthy or or in danger. Yeah. And uh, and take care of them. Uh, you know, the third response is to develop, it's to equip, it's help them grow and, and become what they are. I, you know, my dad did it. He was, my dad was a genius at this. I've got one brother, so I was very athletic, and dad was athletic and outdoorsy. You know, I'm the mm-hmm. hiker and baseball player and all that business, and dad loved that. So he naturally gravitated me. 
But my brother was very artistic. He was a, a speaker. He was a writer. He was a thinker. He was, he he would have been a great actor, uh, and and he was he was a liability on the mm. sports field. He's going to hurt himself, <laughs> you know. He just was, was not. A, but my dad recognized my brother Kirk and just encouraged him and fueled him and affirmed him in the things that he was good at. Mm. And really helped him develop. And and, uh, and my brother is a, is when it comes to the, he's a pastor like I, I am, and he's a great speaker and a uh-huh. great communicator. Anyway, uh, developing means you yeah. know noticing what your kids are good at, and whether it's your thing or not, you want to affirm what God has done in them and what He's doing. That's great. Develop them and help them grow and become mm-hmm. you know, what God has uh, mm-hmm. done them. And then, of course, the other is leading. That's providing direction. And I think that's where, you know, you do set the climate of your home. You, you determine what's valued and what's not allowed. Yeah. You know, you, you determine the quality of the air in your home. <laughs> and uh, that's setting direction. So, but, you know, a simple thing. Let me just get real practical. Yeah. Um, most guys want to, how do I become the spiritual leader, even with my wife? You know, I just tell guys, look, a simple place to start is once a week, sit down with your wife, and I talk about 15 minutes with God. Yes. Do it with her. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's simple. You know, get a pat, just whatever chapter you're reading, read that with her. Read it aloud back and forth. Stop. Give each other a three-by-five card. Write down what God is saying to me, not what I hope. He wants to say to you, what is he saying to me? <laughs> Write that down and then read it to each other. Share that with each other. And this is, you know, and then pray just five minutes. Just pray together. Mm-hmm. And I use a little acronym ACTS, you know, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Just not long, no Beowulf prayers, you know, where I'm <laughs> going on and on and on and on. But just sentence prayers back and forth. Gosh, once a week, sit down to do that with your wife. It's a great first step. And, uh, you know, many guys go their whole lives and never pray other than grace at the table or something perfunctory with their wife. Never read the Bible. Never tell them what I'm thinking about Mm. God. And uh, so that's a simple way to begin spiritually reading is just have a time even once a week with with your wife. And if you've got... Kids, you can do that with your kids. That's a good family night thing. Just read a chapter. Everybody write what they're hearing God say to them. Let them share it. Affirm that. Pray together. Yeah, that's great. Well, Rock, I, I, I never want our time to end. <laughs> we are mm-hmm. at the, the end of our time together. Um, is there any particular way that uh, the guys can connect with you? Um, is there, with, with what you've been doing with ministry, is there any place uh, that we can funnel guys if they want to know more about what you're doing or support what you're doing? Yeah. Um, let's see. You know, oh, gosh, you're way ahead of me, uh, Aaron, on this. I mean, honestly, you've got a website and you're doing all these things. I'm not there yet. Probably the best way for them to just would be just to contact me by email. Okay. And I'd be glad to interact with them that okay. way. Well, and that's at uh, rockbottomly at gmail.com. Okay. R-O-C-B-O-T-T-O-M-L-Y at gmail.com. Okay. Would... um. Would you just pray for us? Yeah. Would you pray for the dads, um, all of us that are in the trenches right now, mm-hmm. and um, just bless us with what Good. you've got, what you're yep. bringing? Good. Father, I just pray for the men that may be listening. First, Father, I just pray that you would reveal how real you are and how near you are and how much you love 
these guys. And Lord, that you would, you'd release through your Holy Spirit a revelation of your Father's love. And uh, Lord, that you change everything inside around that so that you take away fear and you take away anger and you take away any tendency you want to avoid you or evade you. And uh, Lord, you transform that into a desire to know you and to be close to you and to hear your word and to talk to you and to see you. And Lord, so I pray for these men. I just pray you'd, you'd transform them into men who genuinely love you with all their heart and all their soul and all their strength. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lord, that you would empower them and give them wisdom to know how to pass that on to their wife and their children. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks for listening. For more content and resources, check out the website at dadinthetrenches.com or on social media at Dad in the Trenches. And be sure and click on subscribe to stay up to date with new podcasts. Walk out the heroic fatherhood you were called to live.